Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. The latest tips and equipment to improve your game. The latest from the leaderboards and your favorite courses. This is Golf in the Northwest, an action-packed hour about everything golf. Brought to you on the fan by Laurelhurst Market, more than just your family neighborhood steakhouse. Now with award-winning PGA professional Harold Bluestein, here's your host, Jason Swigard. And a fine good morning uh, to everyone as uh, we continue on uh, in this uh, coronavirus-induced state of purgatory. <laughs> yeah, it's been compared to Groundhog Day, and it's, yes. although my days have been different uh, in some respects, uh, different meeting, a different day, yep. and but to, uh, pretty much talking about the same subject. I, people are looking at me like I've escaped from a retirement community. <laughs> It's it's really unsettling, and if I sneeze, they scatter. Yeah, you can't sneeze in public. You can't really cough in public. If you got to clear your voice, you got to do it uh, ever so gently. Um, I and I smell like rubbing alcohol. Oh, I can't there. take a shower. <laughs> I can't. Well, yeah, it just doesn't come off. <laughs> Oh, so yes, we uh, interrupt uh, the NFL draft coverage. I know everybody's been soaking it up because it's the closest thing to a live sporting event uh, most of us have had the opportunity to take in in the last month and a half. Uh, But Harold and I are here for you uh, for the next hour. We've got some help. Uh, We have uh, reconnected with the USGA and uh, John Bodenhammer, the senior managing director of championships, uh, is going to join us at 815 today. I uh, apologize for the little confusion there, but I think we've we've got it nailed down this week. Yeah, fingers crossed, right? Fingers this crossed. is radio. So yeah, but uh, we'll we'll catch up with him, and uh, most of the same things still apply as we look ahead to uh, late summer and fall, with the hope that golf uh, that we watch on television can can come back and the, the biggest events. Most of the biggest events can be competed for. It'll be different. It'll be out of order and, and you know, a lot of different things. But uh, the fact that they could be coming back uh, very soon gives everybody a lot of uh, hope and optimism that the professional game, the, the game that uh, we all love to uh, watch and, and be spectators for, uh, can come back to us and help bring back the normalcy everybody's looking for. Our buddy Blaine Seitz, Mobilitas Golf, is going to join us at 8.30 in our uh, Ask the Pros segment. And uh, I've got some uh, questions. I want to focus with him um, on flexibility. And I've, I finally mm-hmm. got to my target weight, so we've lost 30 pounds in 12 weeks, and we're transitioning over now to the maintenance thing. So I'm at a spot where I want to be able to maintain it I don't feel like I'm a total shell of myself, but man, I feel good. So you look good, Thank incidentally. You. Thank yeah. you. And and particularly in your master's uh, 
golf shirt. It does say Masters. Uh, it huh? says Merriweather. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it's early in the morning. Didn't have my glasses that, on. That's okay. We anyway, got a wall of glass. So. But you do look good, a lot better. Yeah, and so now, uh, but some flexibility stuff. Obviously, I've been doing a lot of cardio and and out walking, running those sorts of things to have exercise to speed up the burning of calories. But Are the, you a, you're a runner? Uh, I didn't know that. Well, I was growing up, so I've been uh, doing long walks, but some shorter runs, trying to get the heart rate up. I ran cross country back in high school when I was five eleven, a buck fifty five. Oh, awesome! Uh, see, I was always running away from things. You were actually competing. No, I went, uh, yeah, competing uh, right in the middle of it, and it's it's been a long time. Harold, so I thought you always told me that the ladies were running towards you. They did, and that's why I was running away. You know, I could only handle one at a time. Yeah. So. Well, the friend zone's a tough zone to get out of. <laughs> it is. <laughs> but I, I made it. I made it through. Uh, you know what I've noticed is that I have to shave. Are you shaving like every day for? Uh, like once a week. Yeah. There's no reason to shave. No, there really isn't. Just to the point where it starts to get annoyingly itchy. Yeah. And then I was like, all right, I'll, I'll shave now. Well, just, I'll, just... I'll brush my teeth in the morning, look into the mirror and go, oh, my God, who was that? And, and as soon as that thought comes to me, I, I think maybe shaving will help. But uh, I don't look a whole lot better after I have shaved. I just feel a little better. Feel a little better. Exactly. Will's here with us. How you doing, big man? He's well. <laughs> just uh, you know, quarantining and uh I know this is the only hour of the day we see you or the week we see you. Yeah, I've from uh, your I've uh, down at my house. Me and my two cats are That's right, you got the social media cocoon going on there. Hard at work. You know what I mean, man? It's uh it's just a long slog. It is. I think people I think that's what everybody's come to realize now. There was obviously things were changing. We didn't know what was going on almost day to day, week to week, but as people understand that what everything got implemented was at least out here in Oregon and Washington was having the desired effect. Now it's figuring out how to start undoing things and when to do it. Obviously, we're still playing golf, which is relevant to us, in Oregon. Yeah, and they're going crazy in in Oregon. The golf courses are really busy. Yeah, the weather has been helpful this week. It's been a little, uh, you know, there's been passing showers. It hasn't been quite as warm, but certainly playable conditions for Mm -hmm. those that want to get out there and don't mind the occasional shower coming through. Looks like weather's going to get better. The question is Washington. There's more talk of... You know, can golf get on the essential list or get off the non-essential list, however you want to look at it, and provide some of those things? I know Governor Inslee is starting to look at ways of bringing back certain certain pieces of, of life and economy in that state. And There are some possibilities. I've heard some rumblings that there's going to be some changes, not necessarily to golf or in the golf world, but but it could impact golf. But some loosening up of, of certain restrictions, and if golf falls under that category, I think we could be back open. Yeah, and I think for the most part, and from what I've understood, you know, we've had a lot of people here at the station who are obviously golfers who are getting out to their courses. I've been out at Forest Hills a few times. I know Isaac's been to Langdon Farms, mm-hmm. uh, where he plays. Uh, Dirt's been out some various places, Eastmoreland and Persimmon, those sorts of places. So, and I, I, I do want to. For the most part, what I heard is everybody's being pretty responsible. They understand right now it's kind of a luxury to be yeah. able to go do that, uh, to to take a break from everything and get outside and do something that's that's normal. 
and are being respectful of of everybody else out there, not wanting to exacerbate the situation and just allowing people to play golf and and then, you know. Yeah, en- enjoy themselves. Enjoy themselves, mm-hmm. uh, be respectful of everybody. So if that can be maintained here for the next weeks or months, however long till things start uh, opening back up, uh, a credit to you. And, and remember, don't, don't get too comfortable out there. Let's be yeah. vigilant about it so we can continue to maintain that opportunity and not give anyone, you know, ammunition to say, look, this isn't uh, going the way that's supposed to be going. Well, there'll be a new normal. And, and that's the unfortunate thing is that, uh, and myself included, I thought, yeah, I'd like to get back to the way things were. I don't know if they will be the way they were. Kind of like after 9-11, when you fly now, things yeah. are not the same as they used to be. Uh, it's different. And I think we're going to have a new normal after this. Uh, at least we have to be aware of the fact that this we don't know much about this uh this COVID-19 and it, it could come and go. And there are some experts are saying it could come back in the fall again. Uh, you know, it's difficult. It puts us all in a, in a tough position because we rely on the experts. And yet when it comes right down to it, in most cases, they're relying on past models. They don't have a, a, a current model for this that we can all feel comfortable with. And that's the difficulty dealing with science is science is ever evolving and it's based on gathering information and using then the testing the information to come to a conclusion or a theory, but it's not, there's no absolutes. Right. I think that's what people are finding out is you learn, you develop, you evolve your information, your thought, your conclusions based on as much information. It's the information gathering part that is painstakingly slow and... So, but allowing them to do that is necessary, and that's the most frustrating part for people. Yeah, it, it's really tough right now, and I, I don't know about you. I've been, I found myself a little depressed at times trying to find things and having weird thoughts. Last night, I couldn't get it out of my head watching the uh, the NFL draft. Uh, what uh, Mel Kiper Jr. reminds me of a bug, and I, I'm just trying to to figure out which bug he rely. Uh, mm. Is you know, like a tick or something like that. Let me really blow your mind. Yeah, and put this image into your head that Mel Kiper looks like a bird of prey. Oh, interesting. Uh, I hadn't gone there. You look at his face and the way that the the confirmation of his eyebrows and how his nose really protrudes. Yeah, that guy is a bird of prey. He's a <laughs> peregrine falcon ready to uh, jump on a new prospect. Well, you know, in the old movies, uh, the old black and whites where they had an alien yeah, and the top of their head got com- really large, mm-hmm. that was the first impression I got. But then looking at his eyebrows, like you say, and his, eye- mm-hmm. and his glasses and thinking, this is a bug. You think and- his head's just uh, so big to fit his huge brain? <laughs> I'll tell you, the guy is sharp. I mean, he knows more about everybody than than I would ever want to know. I mean, he is he's all over this thing. No question. He's been doing it for you. He created it. He, yeah. He quite frankly created it. Is so. there an equivalent in golf? No, not that I know of. No. Like a guy who knows, like, all the prospects that are, like, going to be really great on tour that are coming up through the ranks? I don't think so because it's worldwide. 
Uh, and I, in golf, for some reason, I think we have too many. And there's so few spots yeah. available. Yeah, I in golf, you take some someone like uh, Brando Strambley. He's more interested in, you know, his ego, where Mel Kuyper is just rattling off information, yeah. and so his his personality doesn't get in the way very often, particularly in that uh, last night in that venue. He yeah. he just let it rip. Well, and it's so limited. I mean, you got an NFL draft seven rounds, thirty two plus compensatory picks, so somewhere around two hundred thirty, two hundred and forty guys every year plus undrafted. So three to four hundred new faces coming in every year. Yeah, you think about the Corn Ferry Tour. There's fifty cards that get dealt out plus. How many of them are guys that have spent time on the PGA Tour? So it's such a limited. So uh, you should know more about each one of them. So, so we it's should less... know more, yes. And uh, but they don't. And we might talk about that a little bit later because I saw something. You know, the Corn Ferry Tour. We talked to Jeff Sanders. They're trying to get it back up and going in June, uh -huh. coinciding with the PGA Tour. Um, and while that's great, you wonder though, what's the PGA Tour gonna do? With a limited schedule, are they going to have their normal cut process through the FedEx Cup? But if they only play a limited schedule, is everybody that had status previously going to continue to get status? Are they going to allow? It's We might talk about that a little bit later on and just uh, kind of the, the dilemma that they're put in. Can they have enough of a regular PGA Tour season to justify Right. Dropping everybody below 125 or 144 or whatever it is these days. What a challenge that'll be uh, yeah. for them. And uh, I think we talk about the new normal. There's They're going to have to come up with a formula. They may have to alter some of the FedEx Cup yeah. points we'll uh, uh, based on, on performance or whatever. Uh, that would be very difficult to – I'm not a math guy. Are you a math guy? Uh, Yeah. Yeah, I I don't think I could figure that out. Yeah, it's uh, you'd have to spend some time, you know, all alone with several computers and sorting out different models and that sort all of thing. All alone with a computer yeah. in the basement. Exactly. That was uh, Roger Goodell last night. Uh, yeah. Well, no, he actually had producers there he? Uh, helping oh. him with wardrobe changes. Sounds but, like uh, a good weekend to me. Mm. <laughs> All right, we're going to put Will on that. He's going to come up with the new FedEx Cup and uh, Corn Ferry Tour point system. So that is his weekend. Well, when we come back, uh, we are going to chat with John Bodenheimer. He's the Senior Managing Director of Championships for the USGA and understand the process uh, his uh, group is working through having to uh, move uh, the top uh, U.S. Opens for men and women, the decision on some of the uh, top amateur events as well. Can they be restaged? Are they going to have to cancel them? How that works? He joins us next as we continue on Golf of the Northwest on 1080 The Fan. 16 here this morning. Jason Swigard alongside Harold Bluestein uh, with you. As a uh, little raindrops here in the Northwest uh, this morning, but uh, <laughs> it's pouring. And it's a passing shower. You look behind you out your window. It's just yeah, absolutely boring. Uh, it's going to be fine later. We're going to be looking at 70-degree temperatures hopefully later uh, later this week. And uh, a man very familiar with the Pacific Northwest, 
uh, but now is the Senior Managing Director of Championships for the USGA, John Bodenhammer, joining us uh, this morning, who spent uh, a lot of time uh, in the uh, working with the Pacific Northwest Golf Association and the Washington State Golf Association up there in the Puget Sound area. Uh, but now uh, he's uh, he's in charge of the championships with the USGA. Good morning, John. Thank you so much for taking some time for us uh, here in your old stomping grounds. Morning, Jason. Morning, Harold. Yeah, it's, uh, although it's over the phone, it, uh, it's always good to speak with friends of the Northwest. It's great to be with you. Well, we appreciate it uh, as well, and I know uh, I can't imagine how challenging uh, things have been for you of late uh, trying to uh, reorganize not just uh, the the U.S. Open, the U.S. Women's Open, which have been rescheduled, but all of the other amateur championships that uh, go along with everything that you do. Just uh, at what point did your uh, staff realize what was about to come and how? just take us through the process of what you guys have been through in the last, say, two to three months? Well, Jason, it's been an interesting ride, I'll tell you. I, uh, you, you know, all of us back here in New Jersey and New York area, we, we, you know, I never thought I'd, uh, you know, be in a place that is considered the hot spot of our country for a virus we never thought we'd see. But it is what it is, and uh, we've adapted pretty well. It's, um, you know, at, at uh, USJ headquarters, we call it Golf House. It's about 45 minutes due west of New York City. We've been um, all but closed since the uh, middle of March, uh, second week of March. We've, we've all been working daily, but remotely over the phone and using technology. And uh, I think about... Uh, you know, early March, we kind of knew something was coming at us. We had hoped it wouldn't be as serious as it has been. But uh, I think overall we've adapted uh, just our work days pretty well, but uh, some pretty tough decisions. But we're looking forward to crowning some great champions later this year. Uh, John, I, it, it has been tough. I, I have uh, friends and relatives in New York State and uh, upstate and in the city, and it's been very difficult Um we're with you all the way, but uh, I wanted Thank to you. ask you, In when we think of the USGA in the last year or so, we always think of the rules of golf, but mm-hmm. you, and or we think just of the U.S. Open. But how many, I mean, there's so much more to the USGA. First of all, on the tournament side of it, how many tournaments do you host? We have 14 uh, championships and a number of international competitions. We have four opens, uh, men, women, uh, senior men, senior women, and then we have uh, 10 other amateur championships for, for basically every demographic of the game. We're very proud of that. We think our championships inspire the game. They're longstanding. Many of them have 125-year uh, histories, including the U.S. Amateur, which is in the great state of Oregon this year at, at uh, perhaps my finest or favorite place in the world, Bandon Dunes Golf Resort. Um, and I, uh, I think just in the inspiring part of our championships is, is amazing. But we do, Harold, you're right, we do so much more for the game, whether it's governance with uh, the handicap system, the new world handicap system that has unified those rules so that you, wherever you play, London, Lisbon, uh, Los Angeles, uh, you're going to play uh, under the same system worldwide now for the first time. Uh, the rules of golf, of course, we test equipment, uh, but our green section, there's not a blade of grass on any golf course in Oregon that our USJ green section, our agronomist, turf grass research, much of it done at Oregon State University, 
hasn't touched. There's just so much more the USGA does that really doesn't get spoken about. And yet you've really faced with some challenges uh, here with the uh, COVID-19 uh, pandemic. Uh, you've had to, you're involved with the Olympics also, and that's been canceled and other events you've had uh, how many canceled now? Well, sadly, uh, of our own championships, we've now canceled six. Our two four-ball championships, our senior opens, and just yesterday we announced our two junior championships were canceled. And I, I'll use the word heartbreaking. Mm-hmm. Uh, I grew up playing competition uh, and played in college and just love competition. I, I pinch myself every day that I get to do what I do, especially for the U.S. Open, U.S. Women's Open. And to cancel USGA championships, it, it, it's heartbreaking. But the safety and health of everybody that plays, everybody that's involved in plans, you know, our championships are major undertakings, and the planning that goes into them from the club level, training volunteers, public safety, uh, police, first responders, firefighters, um, just all, all that goes in, vendors. It's, it's not just weeks. It's months and years that go in ahead of time. And for the health and safety of all of them, we, we felt it appropriate to make those decisions but we're focused on the on what's coming too and and we're excited about it uh the u.s open at wingfoot in september and the u.s women's open pretty innovatively in december we've never done that before with an open championship at champions for our u.s women's open in its 75th year we're, we're looking forward to that john bodenhammer our guest senior managing director of championships for the usga uh, speaking specifically about Wingfoot, we know uh, things are shut down uh, in New York, and the rep- last reports we had, there was still some actual course construction, uh, and you can correct me if I've, I've got the report wrong, that still needed to be done before the course was ready for uh, championship play. Is there a date in time where you need to know you're going to be able to execute it based on the new the new competition schedule and is there a backup uh if the date keeps moving forward that you and you don't have enough time to get wing foot ready of somewhere else you might be able to go in the calendar year no i think you know we looked as you may have read or seen or heard we we looked at my goodness i think uh more than a handful of different scenarios and different times of the years and, and really, really wanting to play the U.S. Open and the U.S. Women's Open. There are flagship events. The U.S. Open, frankly, uh, is uh, uh, as a result of uh, many things, but it is what funds the USGA for the most part. And uh, wanting to play that in the U.S. Women's Open at all costs, uh, we've... Uh, you know, we, we, we really have uh, worked hard to get it into a place in September where we're focused on that, really no plan B. And I, I, we feel good about it because September is a wonderful time to play here in the Northeast, particularly at an iconic venue like Wingfoot Golf mm-hmm. Club. I mean, it's had so many great U.S. Opens, U.S. Amateurs. It's, it's just magnificent. And I, I think for us, uh, it's really been an exercise in planning different scenarios. We have three different scenarios, everything from no fans to a few fans to more fans. Uh, and I think we can be nimble as, as late as 30 days out from the championship and what we can impart. It'll be different U.S. Open. It'll, it'll be broadcast uh, on, on Fox Sports. We're proud of that. They've been a great partner. But it'll be less fans. There'll be uh, less structures. It'll, it'll be really what it'll be. 
Jason Harold will be an old-time U.S. Open where you have some stakes and ropes and you have people sitting in chairs and, and they're walking the golf course and they're watching golf from close up, social distance, uh, of course. But uh, it'll be more of an old-fashioned U.S. Open, and we think it'll be pretty special uh, uh, come September. Well, one of the issues you have coming into any of your Open events, uh, men and women, is qualifying. How are you handling that at, at the uh, local level, the regional level? Well, that's right. That's a great question, and uh, it, it is what makes our USA Championships, we think, special. And we just launched a brand campaign at our annual meeting, a new one for the U.S. Open, in February uh, at Pinehurst from many won. And, you know, there's about 10,000 people that enter the U.S. Open and to follow their dream and qualify each year, uh, 2,000 for the U.S. Women's Open, 7,000 for a U.S. Amateur. And so I think we're watching very closely what uh, – what you know, local state governments will uh, will uh, allow us to do with gatherings of, of people to qualify. Uh, we're watching the CDC guidelines. We know we have, uh, and I'll say this genuinely uh, because I know them so well. The Oregon Golf Association and Barb Trammell and her team, and Troy Andrew up at Washington Golf, and, and everybody in the Pacific Northwest. We have great partners with our our, our state associations. And, and uh, if anybody can pull it off, they can. And uh, it, it's uh, something we'd really like to do. But we're going to, with all of our decisions, health and safety will come first. John Bodenhammer here, our guest, Senior Managing Director of Championships. And uh, in that vein, uh, I remember uh, being at Pumpkin Ridge. I can't remember how long ago it was. Annika Sorenstam in the U.S. Women's Open. Uh, yep. You know in the Pacific Northwest the thirst for golf and how great it is, the conditions to play in the summer. Is there any uh, plans, any courses, anything that the USGA is aware of or courses here that uh, have been in contact uh, to, to try and see if there's ever a possibility to host a U.S. Open uh, in the state of Oregon uh, again? Or is there just not courses that fit within the criteria of the rotation? No, I think uh, we always keep the Northwest in mind. We, we love the Pacific Northwest. We're at Chambers Bay, as you know, uh, five years ago. We'd love to be in Portland. I think it all comes down to just what it takes to, to uh, conduct the U.S. Open. Uh, you're right. We've had some, some of our most historic U.S. Women's Opens at, at Pumpkin Ridge with, uh, you know, Nancy Lopez finishing runner-up uh, uh, and uh, Annika winning. And um, I think it just comes down to uh, – you know, the playability of the golf course, we, uh, firm and fast conditions is something we like to achieve. That sometimes can be a little challenging in June in the Northwest, like you guys were talking about when you, when you came back on air. We like golf on sand, so we watch that very closely. But it really gets to, Jason, when we come in for a U.S. Open, we build a city, a small city. Uh, we start the year before, and construction lasts three, four months. Um, you know, we have almost 6,000 volunteers. Uh, we have over 100 rules referees from around the world. We have over 1,000 broadcast digital media folks that come in from around the world. The facilities that are needed just for the broadcast compound are, are huge, and it continues to grow. So it really is logistically what can work. We need uh, quite a bit of property on site and around it. And that's, that's um, the golf course. It starts with the golf course. Uh, and, you know, something we like to think about is it's really important to the players where they win their U.S. Open, and we think about that a lot. Nick Price is on our board, said that to us a couple mm. years ago, and and I think that's important, and uh, we're thinking about a lot that a lot these days, but, 
listen, nobody knows better than I do the great golf course <laughs> in the Northwest, and we're keeping a close eye on them. All right. John Bodenhammer, Senior Managing Director of Championships for the USGA. We could talk to you for the rest of the hour, unfortunately. <laughs> we got to let you go. Uh, good luck with uh, everything that you're dealing with. Hopefully, the calendar that's uh, been reset can hold for everyone. And uh, sooner than later, we actually start getting back to planning and, and preparing for uh, the qualifying and eventually uh, the U.S. Opens later this year. Thank you so much. Uh, best of luck. Stay safe uh, for you and yours. And uh, hopefully we can catch up with you down the road. Jason, thank you. I just want to say thank you for uh, doing the show. I, I commend you. Uh, you're, you're great. And Harold, I've known you for I've known of you for a long time. And commend you for giving back to the game through the chapter and the section and just really wish you guys well. well Happy to talk anytime. Thank you. Thanks, Thank you. John. Thank you so much. John Bodenhammer, Senior Managing Director of Championships uh, for the USGA. So uh, pretty optimistic that uh, this this calendar that they've uh, reset is going to be able to hold. Obviously, they got a lot of uh, things to work on as to the time frame when they'll be able to get into these courses and really get them uh, ready and set up. And as you mentioned, Harold, qualifying is going to be interesting because uh, they're going to have to find courses that and states that are open for golf and figuring out how to stage them. Absolutely. And now they ha they're concerned about players traveling from yep. all over the country and the world to those qualifying sites and whether those sites are ready to receive them from a safety standpoint. Uh, there might be a lot of RV dealerships that get some, uh, if you want to talk about how you uh, set it up, you find a big old, uh, some some property somewhere and get some nice motor coaches uh, for guys and uh, that might be how you pull it off you know you should be on the usga advisory I, board listen john's got my number i'm happy to sit in on meetings uh, anytime he needs all right we're making the turn here <laughs> our buddy uh blaine sites of mobilitas golf gonna join us uh, i'm gonna ask him now that i've uh, shed 30 pounds uh, how I start uh, working maybe some flexibility and stretching uh, in so I can uh, start to figure out my new body and my new swing. Harold's got some other stuff for him as well as we continue on. It's Golf in the Northwest on 1080 The Fan. Tips for your game from award-winning PGA instructor Harold Bluestein. It's time to ask the pro on Golf in the Northwest. Brought to you on The Fan by Laurelhurst Market. 8.32 here this morning, Golf in the Northwest. Following us, it's Center and Saints. Then at 11, we've got uh, more Oregon Sports Network classics. Uh, the Ducks taking on number four Stanford from 2011, mm -hmm. that big second-half comeback. And then from ESPN Radio tonight, uh, they've got ESPN World Series classics. Mets and Royals 2015 Game 1 of the world series so that is the lineup uh we'll have coverage of the uh, third round of the nfl draft over on sister station 910 espn portland uh, all morning and afternoon so uh plenty of activity for you to uh make you feel like you're still living in uh, your sports world that uh, we all love so much and are yearning for but right now joining us our good buddy blaine sites mobilitas golf back joining us how you been doing how you holding up blaine Jason Harold, I can't thank you guys enough. Third time, I feel honored. Oh, don't, don't you don't have to butter Harold up too much. It's come on. <laughs> oh, keep it coming, buddy. No, no, no. I know you're going to punish him in uh, the next time you're able to get together. So, well, he punishes me on a regular basis. Oh, that, he can do it. Yeah, uh, he's doing it virtually. Remotely. Fantastic. Except though that I've been a little bit lax, and I, <laughs> I periodically send uh, Blaine a text. Uh, it's a confessional. 
and <laughs> God, Blaine, I haven't I haven't done anything for four days now, and I he I'm on a schedule, right? So what's the date today? The twenty whatever April twenty twenty fifth, I yeah, believe. Yeah, I'm I'm thirty two days behind ah. <laughs> what my my schedule. So I, I sent him a, a text the other day, and I said, Blaine, I'm such a bad person, you know. And I I he comes back with this really nurturing. Uh, you know, text like, oh, you know, you'll feel better if you do this and this and that. I want to be, I want to be whipped. I, and you know what I mean? Will? Don't get Will on the line on oh, that one. Yeah, I want to be whipped into shape by somebody tough. But uh, Blaine has a nice way of bringing me back to down to earth and and get back to work now. Well, nobody can uh, whip somebody into shape the way uh, Blaine can. Again, it's uh, <laughs> mobilitasgolf.com. That's M-O-B-I-L-I-T-A-S golf.com. Uh, Blaine's been doing this uh, for over a decade now, so a specific uh, fitness uh, programs, wellness programs designed towards golf. And um, and now that I've, uh, look, I had to lose 30 pounds. I was getting a little, uh, little uh, sedentary, a little squishy. And so. <laughs> Glute squishy. Yeah. So I got it down to a buck 84 now. And now I'm maintaining and, and trying to reinvent my golf swing. But the one thing I noticed in doing all the cardio and a lot of walking and some running and that sort of thing, but it was real repetitive motion. And I'm finding now that, um, I don't have the range of motion. I don't have that flexibility. So for somebody that's uh, kind of in my position, where would you start, uh, especially with something geared towards uh, a, a golf swing? Yeah, that's a, that's such a great question. And I think a lot of people, especially now under quarantine, are finding that their ability to have a variety of exercise in their life has really been diminished down to some just some key things. And the first thing I want people to know is that it only takes a few key things to really have good results if you have a good plan of action there. And the, the first thing is, is just showing up every day or at least as often as you can. And then <laughs> once you're showing up, once you're showing up each day, then we can really start to target things. And I think for golfers in particular, your, your big ones are going to be uh, strength in your core, your butt, your back and then mobility through your hips and your chest and your shoulders. And if you can really tackle those key areas, everything else is going to start to fall into place, and it's going to start to be kind of enlightening in where your strengths and where your weaknesses are and kind of go from there. But it's all going to start with, you know, I think it's kind of like a diet, right? What's the right diet? What's the right exercise program? What's the right mobility program? And, and there's so many answers out there, but I think the best answer is, the one that you can show up consistently and do each day. And consistency compounds in this world, and, and that's really what it's all about. And so while everybody's stuck in quarantine and stuck at home, it doesn't have to be this glorious macro, micro, whatever phase cycle. It, it could be as simple as just going for a walk, skipping some rope, doing some burpees, push-ups, whatever you have access to, and then you can go from there. So, Blaine, you know, one of the objections is I don't want to spend my entire day working out. I'd rather just sit on the couch and watch reruns of uh, South Park. But uh, so how what length of time are you recommending? What's what's good? What's more than enough and what's sufficient? Absolutely. Great question. And I, I think we can make this somewhat simple to understand where the goal is 
more or less to train at the highest intensity that your your body will allow. Um, and if we look at the energy systems of the body, there's three of them. We have classic aerobic training, which we all know about is uh, long distance running and biking and swimming and, and things like that. But then there's something called anaerobic training, which is a high intensity level of exercise that's typically less than 12 to 15 minutes. And it's where you get your heart rate up really high, you're moving, you're sweating, um, when you really tap into that, you get all of the benefits of aerobic training without the exposure to injury as much because you're not doing as many reps. And so there's different ways that we can raise that level of intensity. But the thing that I want everybody to be listening to, to really take to heart is it doesn't mean just go right out of the gate and do something incredibly strenuous because it all depends on where your body and where your conditioning is. And one of my pieces of background is for – about five years, I built mobility programs for CrossFit Games athletes so that they wouldn't get hurt. And I think that's a scalable concept for everybody listening is that intensity, in quotation marks, is relative to the individual. So if right now your current level of exercise is walking, we can raise that intensity by, say, doing a, a sprint interval where, okay, we're going to sprint for 15 seconds, and then we're just going to walk for a minute and do that on and off. And before you know it, you're going you're gonna to condition yourself pretty fast. So just getting exposure to that higher heart rate and then doing it consistently is going to be really good for your health. So I, if I'm hearing you correctly, it's something between 10 minutes and maybe 30 minutes a day as long as we're consistent? Yeah, absolutely. I think I think it's going to be a combination of maybe like two or three, maybe four days a week. You're doing something in that eight to twelve to fifteen minute range, and then maybe once a week or twice a week, you're doing something a little bit longer, maybe twenty, thirty, forty-five minutes or something like that. And that's that's going to be enough. You know, there's a there's a time and place for doing hour long workouts, but it's not necessary. Not for especially not for golf, where the goal is to train speed. Blaine Seitz, our guest here at mobilitasgolf.com. Uh, you can check out uh, all of the uh, the information there. Uh, for for those people that maybe don't are limited to space uh, at where they are right now, how can they, you know, they may not be able to, to get outside due to their current condition. Uh, how much space do they really need or, or, or do you have things online or that they can get in touch with for, uh, just being confined where they can still get that same sort of uh, intensity that they're looking for. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. That's something that I'm working with my clients online a lot with right now is, hey, I'm stuck at home. I don't have access to the gym. And really, you only need a couple of square feet, maybe enough room where you can swing your arms around and maybe lay down on the ground. And that's enough space to get a very high-intensity workout, but also to do your mobility training and to make sure that you're stretching and recovering and everything like that. And I have free content online. The hub for all that is my website. Uh, but feel free to reach out and ask any questions and I can, I can send you any resources that I can, or you can download a copy of my book. And then for those who are serious about taking it to the next level, we just have a conversation, make sure it's going to be a right fit for you and we can get you signed up with a remote training program. No problem. Blaine, you sneak something in here that uh, I'm not going to let pass. And then it, you said uh, working out uh, for golf is about training speed. And I haven't heard you say that before. Can you uh, explain that? 
Yeah, absolutely. So I think a lot of times if we look historically in like athletic and strength training, we think about lift heavy weights, muscle failure, muscle fatigue, get stronger. And there is a time and a place for strength because in golf, we really want to train speed. And speed is, is power. And power is strength done fast. And really, when we're talking about golf-specific training, what we're really talking about is neurological training, where we're training your nervous system. And a lot of people think, I need to be stronger to be faster. But the reality is, the majority of people, regardless of where you are in your life and how old you are, you have probably enough strength already. We just need you to be efficient with using that strength, and that's where the nervous system training comes in, is let's move efficiently and let's move with good range of motion, and you'd be surprised how much speed you can generate with, with the framework that you already have to work with. And so, and I know you mentioned, we look at guys like Aaron Wise, guys like Justin Thomas, about six feet, about 175 pounds, very normal size. I mean, we can look at Brooks Kepka and those guys and understand why they can hit it a mile, but it's the Justin Thomases and the Aaron Wises. What are they doing uh, with their swings and in their, their fitness that allows them to be able to create that speed to get the distance uh, that we see on a professional tour? Absolutely. I think, First and foremost, what all these guys have in common is they have good range of motion. They have good mobility. They're, ba- they're able to get their bodies into efficient positions to lay the framework to produce speed. And then once they have that good range of motion, what they're doing in the gym and off the course is they're challenging the way that they can move. And I'll give everybody an example. You know, In the gym world, we see all the time, okay, we're going to strap on a bunch of weight and we're going to do some deadlifts. We're going to pick up a barbell off the ground. We're going to pick up 200, 300, 400, 500 pounds, anything like that. But for anybody listening at home, it's something you can try right now with no equipment and very little space, is go ahead and stand on one foot and then try to bend down at the waist and touch your toes and come back up without wobbling or hopping around. And you'd be surprised how difficult that is because there's no weight, but we're challenging your nervous system in a complex environment. And it's the complexity that really takes your, your capabilities to the next level because we both know, we all know that the golf swing is not just the same movement every single time. Every shot, every lie, it's always going to be different. So it's about you know, uh, adapting and managing these micro changes and adapting to the conditions. And one of the analogies I like to use is most people train like a light switch. They're on or they're off, but golfers need to train as if they're a dimmer switch. They're on off and then every brightness in between and being able to dial it up and dial it down. And that's where complexity along with some intensity can really take your game to the next level without needing a whole bunch of weight. I really like that. So, you must have some training tools that you use? Um, yeah, so, I mean, a lot of my programming, especially now, is all geared toward body weight stuff. Uh, by all means, if the individual, if I'm building out a customized program and the individual has access to things like dumbbells or kettlebells or jump ropes, I'll, I'll build a program that fits the equipment they have access to. But for everybody listening, 
even if you're just starting out, you don't need anything. Mm -hmm. What we can do with your body weight alone is challenging enough and can be uh, made more complex where you will increase your range of motion and your neurological strength just with body weight work. He's Blaine Seitz. The website is mobilitasgolf.com. Uh, people do want to get in touch with you to get uh, a little bit more information and, and look at some of those customized programs. What's, uh, what's the best method? Yeah, absolutely. Mobilitasgolf.com is a great one. You can also email me, mobilitasgolf at gmail.com. And then I'm on social media, uh, Facebook and Instagram. I have a, a really awesome community on Facebook, the Mobilitas Movers. Uh, it's just a bunch of, of people who prioritize uh, health and wellness and moving their bodies, and they're on a journey to play better golf. And uh, if anybody has trouble finding that, just email me. I'll send you a link to it. But it's a great community to get into and just kind of test the waters. And uh, it's, it's a really fantastic thing to see people evolve. Well, we appreciate it as always. Uh, hope you are uh, doing well, hanging in there through all of this. And uh, we'll catch up with you down the road. Blaine, thanks so much for joining us this morning. Absolutely. Thanks so much, guys. There you go, Blaine Seitz. And uh, I'll definitely be uh, trying to get some of the, the stretching, the range of motion stuff now, uh, trying to loosen things up and uh, seeing if I can. You, I'm, I'm all over the place. I'm just out of sync trying to readjust to my body. It's Well, I think you're typical of most people. You just don't know where to start. Yep. And I would encourage you to get a hold of Blaine. Yep. He gave me a starting point. And if nothing else, I... Uh, that, and I've, it's up to me to keep it up, uh, but knowing where to start and the direction you're going in, he's very good at setting that all down, uh, out for you. Uh, Blaine's a young, very dedicated uh, professional. Uh, he's a PGA member, uh, TPI, Titleist Performance Institute uh, certified. This kid is all over it, and... Now living in Carolina, I don't see or talk to him as much, but you can, he puts out Facebook postings yeah. and Instagram postings yep. almost daily uh, to help you with and encourage you to keep up with your exercising. But also for you, when you contact him, he will, he will set you up a program that is uh, tailor-made for you. No question. Mobilitasgolf.com is uh, the website, and uh, all the different links from there can be found. When we come back, we'll wrap things up, talk a little bit more about uh, how this uh, how golf could be changed uh, permanently. Plus, Tiger and Phil have worked out their uh, made-for-TV match, uh, bringing in heavy hitters uh, Peyton Manning and Tom Brady to try and uh, grab a few more eyeballs. Uh, we'll see what Harold thinks of this <laughs> show or stunt and uh, set you up for the week as we continue on Golf in the Northwest on 1080 The Fan. Which new driver is best for your game? Who makes the best golf gear? Where should you take your next golf vacation? Which local course should you get to know better? This is the business of golf every week on Golf in the Northwest on 1080 The Fan. 851 here wrapping things up this morning. Thanks again to both John Bodenheimer, uh, Senior Director, Senior Managing Director of Championships for the USGA, and our buddy uh, Blaine Seitz from Mobilitas Golf for uh, joining us here this morning. Uh, as we uh, look ahead, obviously, we've seen uh, some of the big, uh, we saw the last dance just get ridiculous ratings, uh, everybody craving for something new, somewhat live regarding sports. The first round numbers for the NFL draft were off the charts and, and golf is trying to 
uh, see if they can parlay that into something for them. We had the announcement, the match, Champions for Charity, uh, a Turner Sports production uh, with Tiger Woods and Phil Mickelson. They're in an exhibition rematch. They've added NFL uh, stud QBs, Peyton Manning and Tom Brady as partners. Uh, they're going to play. They're looking at some time in May. I'm, I'm hearing Memorial Day weekend. Just prior to uh, opening up the yeah, tour. Um, so it'll who knows where it'll actually be. I think Florida is what we're hearing, a made-for-TV event. Now, the first time they did this, uh, it was a total debacle. It was Thanksgiving Ugh. weekend. Nobody was watching. They had problems with the pay-per-view. They had to give it up for free. Uh, yeah, they had to refund a lot of money. Turner yeah. did. Yeah, so, it was a mess. So this, uh, from a golfing standpoint, uh, does Peyton and Brady add anything I know they play golf. They're good athletes, but they're not sticks. I'd rather see John Smoltz and Tony Romo, guys that actually can play. Uh, yeah, I, that's what I was thinking also. Uh, they're bringing in personalities to offset to the fact that, this, that yes. Tiger and, and Phil don't quite measure up personality-wise to these guys. Well, they do if you could have the unedited version, which I'm hoping they would do, but they'll probably sanitize it because those two telling just trash talking the whole time and all the side action that could go on between those two, if they let it happen, that would be made for TV. But I don't know if how much they're going to sanitize it and try and turn it into this competition packaged, whatever to, you know, try and raise a bunch of money for charity, which is a great cause and, you know, is needed all over the country in several phases. Well, they, they had an opportunity two years ago to make this a really good event. They got and, botched. Yeah, logistically it was a mess. But from a Tiger Phil, from the player standpoint, they really didn't kind of let it out. And you know, who knows? They may have been <laughs> instructed, "Hey guys, calm it down." But I, what's wrong with letting them? Let it rip. Know. I you're mean, we do t- have delay buttons, and, and we can bleep well, you're them. you're on cable. I mean, and, yeah. uh, you know, we're seeing this last dance. ESPN decided to have an edited version and an unedited version. Uh, mm. I, I don't think it's that big a deal anymore. If somebody drops an S-bomb or an F-bomb, it's like people that play golf understand how frustrating it is. Yeah, there won't be any nudity. Uh, thank so, goodness for yeah. that. And so that's... Damn. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Nobody, nobody wants to see that. <laughs> and you want to and, see Tiger or Phil naked? No, there won't be any. I mean, they're Just gonna morbid curiosity. You wouldn't want to see it. No, <laughs> I, I don't. I'm not in that curiosity for, realm. For someone some who spends are. a lot of time in the basement, will this? Uh, it might appeal to you, but okay, ten grand in cash, and you have to look at one of them naked for thirty seconds. No, straight eye contact. I, uh, I, it. Ten grand is is uh, not quite enough, but if you bump it up to ten and a half, I might think about it. Ten and a half, you will not lose eye contact with Tiger while he stands naked in front of you. Oh uh, God, I gotta tell you, when I was uh, between jobs at uh, in Portland at Columbia Edgewater, I they laid me off in the for the uh, season. Uh, but Jerry Moles got me a job working in the men's locker room in the <laughs> over the Are winter. So I had it. Yes, oh. there is nothing worse oh. than picking up towels off the floor oh, the around a room. bunch of naked yeah, men. Yeah, it yeah. was 
picture. I I didn't sleep at night sometimes just because of those images. So, <laughs> Phil, <laughs> Phil and uh, and Tiger might be uh, a nice uh, change. You yeah, know, change I just of scenery. Think, you know, if they were wanted to have, if they wanted to do teams, I don't know why you don't get uh, a couple of young up and comers. I don't know if you could take amateurs if they were in college. I don't know what that would. Have to, I mean, it's for charity. I don't know if that. Oh, would they'd be, a be way too but, serious. Um, well, I kind of want that. Or could we see uh, Colin Morikawa and Matthew Wolf or something, or take a couple of the the, the younger guys paired with them? Uh, I think the interaction between Tiger and a young guy, uh, Phil and a young guy, really being able to speak the professional golf language and impart all the in- wisdom that they've had, and watching these young guys soak it up, yeah. that would be far more compelling than some. Well, that's compelling for you. I if, think it'd be if more you're compelling about at, the game itself. Yeah, but we've got no other sports. That it's possible there will be no you other sport on TV. Audience. Exactly. You will have a totally captive audience for something. Tiger and Phil are enough to do it with nothing else going on. Why do you need to get Brady and, and Manning? Well, you're going to build an audience. I mean, you will have a captive audience, but if you want to retain that audience over going into the colonial and beyond, you're going to have to do something special. And, and that audience is going to be non-golfers and they're going to want to watch Manning and Brady. They'll, yeah, yeah they're, they like Tiger and, and Phil, but to have uh, Manning and, and Brady is, is really a step up for well, them. I do hope it's able to come off because anything that's new and, and live and in the moment is everything that we're craving as we saw by the draft numbers this last week. So yeah. I'll be watching unless uh, Curling Night in America comes back Don't with a rerun. Curling Night in America. I love it. It's I, fantastic. I watch it every time. You I bet. love it. That'll wrap it up another week. Uh, thanks to uh, John Bodenheimer again from the USGA, Blaine Seitz, Mobilitas Golf for joining us. Uh, thanks to Will, as always. And uh, I believe Jeff Simons from Bandon Dunes is going to join us next Saturday. He has indicated that they've got some announcements to make, and he'd like to come on the air and talk. Fantastic. Uh, we'll find out uh, what's going on down there as they have been shut down uh, since things uh, were closed up and uh, we were quarantined. So we'll see uh, what those announcements are. Otherwise, uh, enjoy the rest of your weekend. Again, uh, Center and Saint coming up the next, followed by the OSN Classics 2011 Ducks and uh, Stanford, and then some uh, classic World Series 2015 Game 1 Royals and Mets tonight on the fan. For Harold, I'm Jason. Hit them straight. To uh, try and overcome. Now, how would I adjust? Well, I've got to choke down on my club a little bit. I want to be whipped. Features uh, in Europe. Uh. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend, or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. 
Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. 